0: When I stay up past my usual bedtime, I start to see that glucose spiking up higher and higher. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm Brad Kearns, New York Times bestselling author, former number three world ranked professional triathlete, and Guinness World Record Masters athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype, hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. Hey man, how's your sexual function? a skilled practitioner puts the gains wave magic wand onto your magic wand and after a series of six to twelve very brief treatments which are painless but extremely effective you get real results gains wave reports an eighty percent success rate now It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, GainsWave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit gainswave.com/brad. That's G A I N S W A V E.com/brad to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy 6 treatments and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Hey, I want to do this breather show with my observations about using the NutriSense continuous glucose monitor. And I've been working with these guys for several years now, right when they first launched. And it's really cool to see the tremendous uh, increase in popularity Of continuous glucose monitors which previously were only the domain of people uh, diagnosed with diabetes and it's still difficult to get a uh, prescription from your uh, primary physician to use one uh, unless you have been diagnosed with diabetes but uh, it's great that the uh, the biohacking sphere and the uh, progressive health scene has put this technology into play for people that are interested in health optimization and of course long-term disease prevention but really just trying to dial things in with diet exercise lifestyle habits right now um, before it's too late and you are a a medical patient and i love that theme that emerged from dr peter tia's best-selling book Um, what does he call it medicine 3.0 where um the you know the, the future is wellness and disease prevention where we don't go and seek medical care uh, when it's too late, which is pretty much how things go now, right? We we do get our uh, very uh, brief uh, annual checkups and routine tests, but it's such scratching the surface from what wellness and disease prevention really means. But if you think about continuous glucose monitor and gathering that data, um, this can be a great way to uh, see that you are um, headed down the right track, or uh, what things that you're doing that are possibly causing uh, you to go off track. And so I would call a, a CGM journey, a bucket list item for virtually everybody. You don't have to go and get extreme here and put on the monitor for three consecutive years like Peter Ortia did. But if you just do so much as a single course where you're putting the, uh, the CGM on for two weeks or the basic package, and NutriSense has a lot of nice different packages Uh, where you can get one-on-one expert dietitian support and a couple uh, sensors and go with, you know, perhaps a three-month journey to get a lot of data, Um, that can kind of tee you up for uh, good behavior habits for the rest of your life, and you'll have enough knowledge where you don't have to uh, do it more than uh, just occasionally. Uh, A lot of people are, you know, doing it uh, frequently, and perhaps getting obsessed with all the numbers and perhaps misinterpreting some of the, um, the the realities of how your body regulates glucose in the bloodstream. So I do want to caution people against uh, getting too deep into a number obsession and misunderstanding some of the big picture concepts. One of them is that um, anything besides a flat line of glucose is a mistake and is unhealthy. And I've had to talk people down from the ledge when they see this crazy spike after a meal and um, they, they can't believe it and they're really upset. Now, um, w- what happens is uh, the glucose is intended to spike after a nutritious meal, and then uh, your body does a great job bringing it back down to baseline. So what we are looking for when we're doing continuous glucose monitoring is not a flat-line experience, but rather attributes that indicate good metabolic health. And one of them, of course, is a uh, a suitable average uh, fasting glucose number. And as you know from taking your uh, blood at the annual physical or as part of any routine blood work, we're looking for that fasting glucose to be under 100, and when you're over 100, you're qualified. As a pre-diabetic category, we want to watch that. If you're over 140, um, you're looking at, you know, um, a high disease risk factor and uh, showing some attributes of type 2 diabetes. So we want to get that fasting blood glucose under control. And then the other two attributes that we are looking for are quick regulation after meals. So you are going to get a spike. When you eat a meal and then you want to see that it can come down to near your baseline uh, relatively quickly so i believe um, there's some talk about a a two-hour window where we want to see it back down to normal if you've uh, you know fasted for two hours after a big meal where you experience a glucose spike and then finally a low standard deviation number where overall your blood glucose is not fluctuating wildly up and down. And so it's kind of like um, you're, you're at a good fasting level, you're going to spike from a meal or from other stress factors in life. And I don't think enough of that is talked about where if you're doing a workout or you're having an argument or you're giving, a, 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 if you're public speaking, you're going to experience glucose spikes as part of the fight or flight response. And those are normal and expected in the course of everyday life, especially in and around workouts, because that's help helping your body. Uh, perform at its peak. Uh, But we want to see is perhaps spike and then back down to a regulatory baseline instead of those dips, those hypoglycemic dips, which could indicate uh, metabolic health problems or issues with uh, overly stressful diet uh, slash workout practices. So it's not going to be bouncing all over the place, but it's going to be kind of a graceful uh, pattern of Uh, putting more glucose into the bloodstream when necessary, and then quickly regulating back to baseline. Uh, So the great thing about the NutriSense app is it'll show at a glance your standard deviation for the past two weeks. And if that's under 10, you're looking good. And if it's 13 or 14, you can learn more and you can interact one-on-one with the very well-trained, uh, expert dietitian, and you can ask him, What does this mean when uh, my glucose was at 140 during my workout? And so that's part of the experience I think is really rich is that you're gathering information and you're getting expert feedback in real time with quick answers uh, to that information. So I want to give you some of the uh, interesting insights that I've experienced from uh, many uh, courses of CGM over the past several years. I don't know, maybe you know, 10 times, or I don't know how many sensors I've had on, but um, I, I, I've done it a lot. And um, uh, one interesting one is that when I stay up past my usual bedtime, I start to see that glucose spiking up higher and higher. And that is super interesting to me. It has nothing to do with food. Let's say I haven't eaten anything uh, for hours, but when I creep past that uh, preferred bedtime of 10 o'clock, I can see the glucose elevating, and that is the, uh, the fight-or-flight response kicking in to keep me awake past my bedtime. And that's something that I want to greatly minimize in life, and I do really well uh, getting to bed on time just about every night. You can ask my wife Mia Moore she makes fun of me because I kind of gloss over, I can't think anymore, I'm slurring my words and i have headed <laughs> off to the bed. I'm just not good at staying up late and I almost never do it. So on those rare occasions, I believe this was around the holidays where um, the social gathering is going late. And uh, I'm looking at the data later going, wow, look at my glucose uh, from from 10 p.m. on I- into the night. If I went to bed at 1130 or whatever, um, that was fascinating to me. So the cortisol, uh, the fight or flight response is keeping me awake, dumping glucose into the bloodstream via the process of gluconeogenesis. That is the conversion of amino acids into glucose to provide energy in a fight or flight type situation, which... Staying up past one's bedtime qualifies as fight or flight. Um, Here's the other one. I had a continuous glucose monitor on when I contracted COVID, and that was pretty wild because uh, for days on end, my glucose was all over the place with these crazy spikes, even though I had been fasting for 24 hours because I was sick and didn't feel like eating. So the takeaway is it's not just food that affects your blood glucose, but stress Uh, bedtime, circadian rhythm influences, illness, and of course, exercise patterns. Um, And we also want to uh, realize, uh, as I talk often about uh, managing all the stress inputs in your life, particularly the pairing of extreme dietary practices with high intensity or strenuous exercise patterns, you can overdo it to the extent that you will get glucose spikes or elevated baseline glucose when you're in overstress periods. So when I was working on the Keto Reset Diet book with Mark Sisson, we were plunging deep into this practice of uh, ketogenic eating because we were learning about it ourselves and wanted to go uh, full bore in there so we could write an informative book about it. So I was adhering to ketogenic dietary guidelines I was fasting extensively i would often fast for 24 hours uh, typically fasting for 18 hours and then having low carbohydrate meals and trying to sustain my wonderful ambitious fitness activities including sprint workouts and high jump sessions and things that were challenging and strenuous I would be pulling up uh, fasting blood glucose numbers in the morning, like 131, 138, 118, 124. And then I'm writing in my little journal, WTF, (laughs) I haven't eaten anything since the previous night at 8 p.m. And all I had then was a steak. Where is this coming from? And that is coming from the stress response. So I was either pre-diabetic, which I didn't think so or I was in an overly uh, chronically stressful lifestyle pattern due to the combination of restricting carbohydrates, restricting uh, food for long periods of time, and asking my body to perform high-intensity exercise. Interestingly, I was also relatively low with my blood ketone values uh, during these time periods when I was extremely keto. So what the heck was going on with that? And I was testing with a blood ketone meter, obviously not the CGM, um, but I learned from great experts like Dr. Kate Shanahan uh, about this concept of ketone flux, where I was maybe uh, very well making whatever ketones I needed, uh, but I was using them quickly because I was keto adapted. I was metabolically healthy, and so they weren't accumulating in my bloodstream so uh i think this is somewhat faded now but in the old early days of keto people were obsessed with getting uh, their blood ketone values higher and higher as signs that they were uh, ketone making superstars Uh, but when that blood ketone value is getting up to 3.6 or 4.2 in many cases there's a lot of personal variation involved and there's also the idea that um, you're making them and you're um, not really using them efficiently okay so Uh, I would uh, encourage you to try your own uh, continuous glucose monitor experiment and see what comes up. Uh, One thing I want to mention is uh, a lot of the talk about people reporting in that different foods affect their blood glucose values differently. Um, I think this has gotten a little bit out of hand myself. Uh, where you hear someone saying, you know, uh, interestingly, bananas don't spike my glucose very much, but pineapples I'm terrible with, and I get huge spikes. Uh, I'm going to uh, lash back and say, if you are consuming natural, nutritious foods that you enjoy, I would not worry too much about the variation and whether one is something that you're uh, tolerating poorly versus another. Now, if you're eating a, a greasy Chinese food meal and you see a ridiculous blood glucose spike, um, that's a different story, and you can get a a clear picture of how nutrient deficient processed foods that are difficult to digest will mess with your blood glucose values and mess with your ability to burn energy internally. But when it comes to natural, nutritious foods, I strongly encourage you to back up a few steps and realize that you nourish yourself with. Uh, with good foods that are easy to digest and that you enjoy. I wouldn't worry about the variations, uh, especially when there's so many other variables that influence your blood glucose besides just the food. Maybe it's the circumstances around the meal and whether you're wolfing down a banana while you're in rush hour traffic versus sitting in a hammock uh, in Hawaii having some pineapple slices. Okay, so um, I think I covered everything, especially the uh, the key... Um, Variables that we're looking for when we're doing a continuous glucose monitor journey, and why it's so much better than just taking uh, an occasional prick of the finger or a blood draw to see your fasting glucose. Because we're going for fasting glucose, we're going for tight regulation back to baseline after meals, and we're going for low overall standard deviation where you're not like a Richter scale up and down throughout the day but you're generally looking at uh, the occasional spike due to meal or exercise and then a graceful quick return back to baseline. Uh, But I think overall, the number one best reason to uh, use a continuous glucose monitor is behavior modification. And so you're getting this wonderful data in real time that is helping influence your decisions to, for example, get up off the couch and walk around the block 15 minutes after a meal because we've been told how wonderful that is for uh, insulin sensitivity and glucose regulation, but it's a big difference to be able to look on the screen right there, zap your arm with your smartphone in real time and see what's going on. And um, when Mia Moore used her uh, her CGM for the first time, she went from a potentially problematic category from uh, going to the doctor and getting a blood draw, and in two weeks uh, it, it regulated to uh, superior blood glucose regulation and overall performance, and a lot of that was driven by um, having the having the data right there, and going and busting out another hike uh, to you know put in some more points in favor of uh, being metabolically healthy. So I think you'll really enjoy the behavior modification aspect of having that data at your fingertips. And go to Nutrisense n u t r i s e n s e dot i o slash Brad, or just use the code Brad, and you'll get a thirty dollar discount and some other freebies and perks. So thanks for watching, listening and go out there and have some fun and report back. Let me know how you enjoyed your uh, CGM journey. I'm so excited to introduce you to Peluva. This is a new Please visit paluva.com. That's P E L U V A. And use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Rad Podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkearns.com to download five free ebooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life, how to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.